This is the Sport Industry Access Podcast, Episode 5, The Power of Embodyism. Welcome to another episode of the Sport Industry Access Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bowers. My goal each week is to provide you a sport professional in a specific field who can inspire and encourage you to be the best you can be in your sport profession. I'm really excited to have you listening in. I have a wonderful guest who I am interviewing today and I know you're going to enjoy it. Today's special guest is Danny Donachie. Danny, for 15 years, worked with the medical team at Everton Football Club. Recently, he has set up his own company called Embodyism, where he works with a range of clients such as elite athletes, football managers, and even business owners. Today, we'll be discussing how Embodyism can improve people's expectations to deliver continuous success. Danny, it's an absolute privilege to have you on the show. Please, can you take a few minutes by providing the listeners an overview of your career journey in sport? Yeah, thanks, Ed. Thanks for having me. Um, It's a long journey in terms of my life in sport because my dad was a footballer. So I spent my whole childhood in a a football club, basically. And then I, I did a physio degree and then I signed for Carlisle United as a player. And I only stayed there a year. I got a couple of bad injuries. And then I started working as a physio. And I worked in New York and a couple of other places learning about different aspects of the mind and body. And eventually worked at Sunderland Football Club for a year. And that wasn't a great experience. And then I worked at Everton for 15 years, something like that, which I finished a year ago. And and I... I started as a physio with the first team and I had a great opportunity to learn while I was there. So I learned many different things and worked with the players in in many different ways. So it was a great experience. Now, relating to today's main topic, what is embodyism? Well, embodyism is a word that I made up uh, and it's kind of um, everything that I've learned kind of put into my perspective and it's about helping athletes and anyone becoming more more present through their bodies. So I read an article by Djokovic at the weekend and he said that he's he's practicing mindfulness meditation so much that in a game it happens naturally. So he's in the flow state all the time and my aim through embodyism is to help athletes get into this flow state. Now, not giving away too many of your trade secrets, can you explain the sort of work you do with your clients? Well, with athletes, I work um, physically and also mentally. And I do mindfulness practices. So really getting the awareness more deeply in the body, more deeply in the experience. Because when you're in your mind, um, all the little doubts and fears come in. Whereas if you can bring your awareness into your body and respond to the moment fully, 
then you'll perform at a much higher level. And, and I do uh, a relational meditation practice where you kind of tune into your own body and then you connect with me um, and you see what arises for you in the moment. And that really kind of takes uh, the player's concentration and focus to another level. And the results are pretty impressive. It's like it kind of it's like a supercharged uh, mindfulness practice. So, just relating back to an athlete's perspective, we always know in society we always talk about their physical training and skill training. Are you trying to suggest that there needs to be a bit more training in mental training within their weekly routine? Definitely, yeah, and even beyond mental training, like you know, you you know all the psychological methods that you can use with athletes. For me, it's kind of deeper than the mental level. So really connecting in, in the unconscious and, and really connecting with whatever comes up from that. So it could be Djokovic again. He spoke about his emotional pain that he had to work through. And and when he w- went through that pain, it was about his father. Um, his performances rapidly changed and he put his success down to emotional shift and diet. So for me, if you can get somebody in whatever walk of life they're in into this flow state, then their life just starts to flower. So it comes from the power of reflection and applying it to the present day. Yeah, yeah. And like when, you, when you're in contact with somebody in a deep way, like the unconscious, whatever, whatever's there comes up, whether it's wounds or whatever. And if you can experience that in a supported way, then your whole being becomes freer to open up new avenues of behaving and performing. So at this moment, there's probably a lot of university sports students studying psychology, and by the sound of things, your work relates to that field. What core skills do you need in this line of work, especially with the people you're working with? The most important thing for me in terms of anybody who works with people is to work on yourself. So you need to work on yourself in a really deep way and that will come through in the work that you do. You can only take people that you work with to a certain depth that you've been to yourself. So whether that's a deep state or you've gone through emotional wounds yourself, then you can transfer that into the people you work with. And obviously that includes like studying as much as you can, many different avenues and areas. And in terms of studying, what you should do is follow your heart and really go with where you're passionate because there's so many ways to help athletes. If you really follow what is passionate for you, you'll be a big success. So this sort of touching on your personal perspective of what you're doing at the moment, what motivates you the most with the work you do with your clients? I love, because I've been working with athletes my whole life, I love being able to... I relate to athletes very easily and I love to be able to relate to them in a deep way and allow them to get in touch with parts of themselves that they've not known before and help to develop them as people. And I know that when, if you develop in any area of your life, then it influences every area of your life. So when they develop as people, then their whole performance and life becomes much freer. And I like seeing the rewards of better performance, but I also like to see contentment and more fulfilling lives for the people I work with.
Now, relating to one of your main hobbies, yoga, how powerful is yoga in modern day sport? Well, it's um, it's grown a lot. It's funny when I started at Everton 15 years ago, I um, I the first few weeks I was there, I just used to do my own practice. I didn't teach the players. So this Friday morning, I'd been there a couple of weeks. Duncan Ferguson comes in and he's holding his neck, and he comes to the main physio and says, um, "I've hurt my neck. I can't play tomorrow, and it's his fault, my fault." I'm like, "Well, what have I done?" And he said. Um, I did what you do at home and he'd hurt his neck. <laughs> but luckily, Walter Smith, uh, who was the manager, he came down and said, don't worry, I know I know what's going on here. It's not your fault. Uh, totally relaxed. So that was then. And at the time, nobody was doing yoga in football. And I was the first to start with the Premier League. And now it's kind of, it's done everywhere really in the Premier League. And now they're even doing it with young kids. So... From my perspective, yoga now in football is done more from a physical perspective to kind of make the body more symmetrical. And I respect that. But when I used to teach, it was more about, again, getting the players in in tune with the deeper part of themselves and to give them a space and an opportunity to relax. Because most of athletes' lives is about performing and hardness and aggressiveness and competing. So giving them that space just allows things to open up in their life. And, and for me, that's a really important aspect. From your experience, how has yoga improved your way of living? It's very hard, as you, as you know, to kind of measure where you're at now and where you were five years ago, one year ago, one minute ago. Um, but my sense is that now, um, through all the practice that I've done, that my, my daily life is fairly fairly um there's a strong foundation and i'm i'm not often away in thoughts and i'm I'm able to stay quite quite present um for quite a bit and when you're in the present then you start to notice smaller things about your consciousness and how you how you connect with others and and then any fears that you might have had in the past kind of dissolve so there's not a lot of fear in my life at, at this point and, and it becomes joyful when you're in the moment more. Wow. Um, just relating back to the work you do, you talk about working with athletes on a one-on-one basis. Do you do work in groups, for example? Yeah, I do work in groups, um, but up to now I've not, I've not really worked with any athletic groups. It's more just general public and like management teams and companies. Um, but I did the talk at, with England Rugby, as you know, and that was... Um, How do you get involved in that? Well, What happened? <laughs> well, my, uh, my friend and colleague who I used to work with, Steve Round at Everton, he, he took us down for a couple of days to spend the time with Stuart Lancaster because he's, he's, it's incredible. They've got a real, they had a really learning environment, so they let anybody come in, spend time there. And then they also wanted to learn from the people that came in. So the first day I was there, they says, oh, we've got um, space tonight. Do you want to do a talk? And I was like, well, okay, why not? (laughs) So I just did a short talk about uh, a retreat that I'd been on recently. And it was basically a 10-day silent retreat. So the players were really interested in this and how that might relate to their performance. Um, So that was a great opportunity. And to see the way that the rugby 
people operated was incredible. It was a totally different energy and a way of working than, than I'd seen in football. And I really respect what they did. You touched on it really briefly. The work you do doesn't have to relate to sport. It can be applied to business. Yeah, and that and like that's my whole my whole um way of working because it's about kind of getting in touch with the essence of the person. And and obviously because I was surrounded by a footballer my whole life, my dad, I knew deeply that footballers are human beings and some people miss that point. So I enjoy working with any human being and helping them get in touch with a deeper part of themselves and, and allowing all the fears and doubts to kind of dissolve and and have a more fulfilling life. Relating back to the rewards, we talk about athletes with their performance. With the work you do with businessmen or businesswomen, what rewards do you see in their line of work? For me, a big, a big problem um, for people is communication. And whatever whatever level you're at, like I work with business owners who've got many employees, it's a, it's a similar problem. Despite how however much they've achieved and performed, they're unable to communicate in an authentic way. So for me, it's kind of tuning into communication and helping them really connect with other people and communicate more authentically. And that allows the undercurrent of what they're not saying to clear and then they, they get more into flow. And that can mean that their businesses, you know, really take off if that's what they want. We've sort of touched on it before the interview in regards to educating yourself. Now, the one area I'd love to enhance is bringing more access for students to get involved in the sports industry. How important is new research in modern sport today compared to your career when it all started? When you were a young boy with your dad. Yeah, well... Uh, well, it is totally transformed in every way imaginable. When, um, you know, when I can remember my dad, there was like a physio, one physio who wasn't even qualified. They they gave him all sorts of potions. And my dad was at the Argentina World Cup when two of the players were sent home for taking speed. And that was um, given to them by the doctor. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so now it's totally changed. Um, and, and now at Everton, they've got like... Um, probably 20 interns, you know, from uh, John Moore's university and they get to come in and, and work and, and really get experience from working in football. And they also give their their evidence that, that they've studied from the university. And, and it's a great relationship that's really developing. And despite the fact that it's developed so much, there's so much that we don't know. Um, and say, for example, injury rates in football are just going higher and higher, even though there's all this money being invested, all this research being done. There's just so much that we don't understand yet. And for me, an important key that hasn't been tapped into is the mind-body link. How about, again, from your experience, through seeing players come and go from football clubs, what sort of support should there be for athletes who retire? Yeah, I think this is a really important point because I've seen many players struggle uh, with retirement and there's not really a great support system for them because it's so demanding when you're at a club then your attention really has to be on the players who are there. So it's really important to develop this side and I actually want to get more involved with it and I've spoken to the PFA um, about 
you know, trying to get in contact with more and more players to help them because they, you know, they retire when they're like 30, 35, maybe a bit older and, and maybe financially they don't need to work some of them, but to, to have the rest of your life with no real aim or, or motivation, it's like, it's a very strange place to be. And it's not a, it's not a comfortable place. So I remember years ago, there was, um, research done about divorce and I think it was like at least a third of footballers were divorced within a year of um finishing and like you know from my perspective seeing my dad and and being brought up in a football household your your whole life is fixed around a Saturday it's fixed around playing a game and then when that is taken away like the the whole dynamic and the whole family life um, changes completely. So it, it's and it, it's a real like I, as you know, people who retire at sixty five, it's a huge that's a huge challenge. But to happen at like thirty or thirty five, yeah, yeah, and you've been pampered your whole life and not had to make many decisions other than I'm playing here um, because they're so well looked after these days. Then kind of a, a a bit of independent thinking can be taken away from them. I think you're absolutely right. The independence, what athletes go through sometimes, they have such a big team behind them, like the managers, the agents, they sometimes forget that they may have to make a decision for themselves. At the end of each show, Danny, I'd like to finish with an inspirational question. What advice would you give to a university sports student who wants to pursue a career in sport with a passion to work with elite athletes? Never give up. I think um, it's so competitive. Um, but, you know, throughout my years of working at Everton, the people who really stood out for me are the people with that little bit of extra enthusiasm. And if you really follow what's in your heart, you will, you'll definitely make it as long as you don't give up. When I, uh, when I was younger, people said to me that I wasn't good enough to be a footballer. And it was so, the desire was so strong to be a footballer that I never listened and eventually I made it, not not to where I, the level I wanted to get to. But anybody who has got that strong desire and real heart passion for whatever it is, they won't have any problems. Just keep going. Danny, keep that going. is great. May I ask how people can interact with you? Yeah, I've got a website. It's uh, www.embodyism.com and at Dan on Twitter. I'm sure you can find me that way. Hi, guys, all the listeners out there. All those links that Danny has mentioned will be on my website blog post and they'll just be underneath. Danny, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed today's interview. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ed. Nice to meet you. What a really fascinating interview by Danny. Personally, during that experience of interviewing Danny, I learned so much more about myself in areas where I can develop. I hope you found that the same. To all those current university sports students who have a goal to work with premiership football teams, I hope you found this interview helpful to your interests and needs. To all the listeners out there, if you'd like to make a comment about today's episode, please head to my website, which is www.education2thensport.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you enjoy listening to this show, please head to iTunes and make a rating or even if you've got that bit more of a time to write a review because I do really appreciate your support. 
At the end of each episode, I like to finish with an inspirational quote from my guest speaker. Danny said, follow your heart and really go where you are passionate. In life, we are always defined by our own decisions, especially by finding that perfect job. Sometimes we have to be passionate of what we want to do, and by following our heart, it will lead towards success.